Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl, the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Powered by Manscaped and DraftKings. Co-host Connor Miles here with the one and only Ed Cross of Sports Illustrated. Both of us are not even just both of us. John McMullen, too. John's putting out some great content right now. Go to SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles. Just stay up to date on all Eagles coverage. We're putting out some great articles right now. Uh, most recently, actually, the article on Zach Ertz head, that article took off. I mean, people were like, wow, Seahawks. Um, it's a real thing, though. It, it, it's actually absolutely a real thing. Um, the cool thing about what we have going on on SI.com is when Ed gets a tip, John gets a tip, or I get a tip, we vet each other on it. Because I'll say, hey, Ed, like, this is what I just heard. What do you think? How do I make this into a story? Or like, how do I utilize this tip? It's not like we're just throwing stuff against the wall and Ed saying, all right, Connor, you heard that? Go write it. Like there's, there's trust. There's always trust. So when you put out that Zach Ertz report, I was like, yeah, that's 100% what's going on right now. That's the 100% of the situation. And that, the more that it goes on, Ed, the longer that this, this plays on and the focus is more on Carson Wentz, I'm not going to lie. I think Eagles fans are going to get upset about the Zach Ertz situation because I'm at the point where I'm thinking he might just get cut. Well, uh, yeah. I Boy, that would really be surprising if he did. I mean, I think they can boy, get I, something for him. And there's there's going to be teams that really want him, I think, the Seahawks being the first one I, at the mm-hmm. top of the list, I would think. Um, but, you know, I just want to follow up on what you said. I mean, the three of us, yourself, John McMullen, and, my, and me, uh, you know, it's a really true collaboration, which is really cool that, you know, the three of us have come together here and we kind of pool our resources and we vet one another on uh, what we're hearing. And, you know, we each have our own different sources. Uh, some are the same, some are not. But, um, yeah, I think it's good. And I think it will help the fan base going forward uh, to have this kind of collaboration when it comes to, you know, some of the things that we're hearing. Um, and like you said, with this whole Zach Ertz situation, that's kind of been put on the back burner a little bit just because of, you know, the Carson Wentz uh, saga that has no conclusion here in sight. Hopefully I I would think in the next two weeks, probably maybe by the end of the month or early in March before something gets done. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just a hunch. But until that happens, I think Zach is going to have to stay put and, you know, to just release him and not get anything for, uh, you know, they did that with Malcolm Jenkins last year, so they could possibly do it with Zach Ertz, but, uh, you know, I would be kind of surprised if some team doesn't give them, you know, at least a fifth round pick. Same reasoning, though, I believe. Uh, yeah. The, if any team's going to trade for him, though, I'll tell you right now, it's Seattle. If, mm-hmm. if any team, it's not going to be the Colts. If any team's going to give, the only way it's the Colts if he's if he is included as a sweetener in the Carson in the Carson one trade. That's the only way that I see that happening now. Yeah, but it's, see, that, the, thing, the thing with Zach is if you if you cut him. Or if you're the Seahawks and you and you risk just the Eagles cutting him, then that makes him available to all other, you know, the rest of the league. And you know, if the Seahawks really want to make sure they get him, 
then they're going to give up a little something for him. Otherwise, you know, what's to prevent? I know Zach probably wants to go to Seattle. When you look at playing with Russell Wilson and you look at, you know, the tight ends that they have on that roster, but there could be other teams that could swoop in and pay him more than he's expecting. uh, And and maybe the Seahawks lose him. So why not trade a little something to guarantee that he's on your team? I want to rule out Baltimore Green Bay who made offers for him during the trade deadline too. I mean, yeah, you're right. If he's on the open market, he could, see some potential interest out there, but I would, sure. if from what my, my, my understanding is from your understanding, Seattle's at the top of the list. Anyways, Seattle's number one right now, but, and again, Seattle gave Greg Olson 7 million last year. So taking on Zach Ertz's 8.25 might not look that much dramatic to them. That mm-hmm. might not come across as a huge dramatic move. And not only that, Russell Wilson has been making some demands lately. And I feel like they're going to do whatever they can to make Russell happy because mm-hmm. they're not going to trade Russell Wilson. That's just, having fun with the media just spitballing because it's a slow news time other than Carson Wentz's news. He's not getting treated. So what, what are you going to do? You're going to make the quarterback happy. And I I know that bringing Zach Ertz in would make Russell Wilson happy and make the Seahawks offense happy. So sure. if any team is going to trade for him, it's going to be Seattle. But when I see that trade happening, it's not going to be much more than what they got, what the Michael Bennett trade was for the Eagles. I'm talking about, Zach Ertz in a seventh-round pick from maybe like Marquise Blair, the safety out of Utah that they drafted in the second round a couple years back who hasn't really panned out for them because of injuries, and a, a fifth-round pick. That's the type of trade I'm talking about yeah. when you're trading Zach Ertz because I don't think you're going to get much more than uh, a player and a fifth, and you're lucky to get a fourth if you get that. Right. And and again, if you are the, uh, the Seahawks, why wouldn't you want to do that kind of a deal and then not risk – exposing him to the Green Bay Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Zach Ertz have a relationship. Who's to say, you know, teaming Ertz with uh, Tanyan wouldn't be a great move for Green Bay. And all of a sudden, they're looked into it. Baltimore, I mean, they could certainly use somebody. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wide open as far as Zach goes. I would be surprised if they just cut him and get nothing. Um, but I absolutely think that the Seahawks could put an offer together. And it wouldn't cost them much. And it would assure that they have him locked down uh, in a trade coming off a down year, uh, higher salary for the player of his age wants a new contract too. It, a lot of factors go into this where the deal is just not going to look pretty. And I think Eagles fans need to start accepting that right now. It's not going to be because what, how Eagles fans values that. Cause I still see people online saying you can get a second round pick for that girl. That's not going to happen. No, that's not, that's not going to happen. That's very unrealistic, but I mean, like this, what I'm suggesting right there, maybe Marquise Blair becomes that young death piece that they need at safety because uh, they're going to need to bring more youth in at safety no matter what this offseason. They need to bring in more potential in youth at safety. So maybe that's what they get in Marquise Blair. And you try it with that and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, whatever. It was He was a, he was a throw-in for a trade pretty much because you wanted to get some more value back. Uh, other than that, I don't, I don't really see how much an Ertz trade really – materializes other than that because I don't think Green Bay would really I know that they were interested during the season during the trade deadline as you reported yourself but I don't know if that was for a rental they were looking at him as a rental then or they looking at him as a long-term piece then at that time because I think they might have been looking at him for towards the rental because uh, I still think the contract is prohibited yeah, and, you know, Zach's probably going to want an extension when he gets traded, and would a team be willing to do that, or will he just play out his final year on the $8 million deal that he has in place and then become a free agent? Um, that could certainly be a possibility um, for Zach. I think he's going to have to bet on himself at this point if he wants that deal. Uh, probably so. I mean, he's going to have to show that last year's uh, down season was kind of an aberration and just kind of a part of everything that went wrong with the Eagles last year, and, that, and he got caught up in that. Um, but I, you know, listen, I, Ertz still believes he's got a lot left. I still believe he has a lot left. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. I mean, he just turned 30, uh, late last year. Um, you know, to me, he's, to, he can still be, uh, you know, a very good weapon in the right offense, you know, a good outlet piece for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he can still be a, a four catch a game guy or a five catch a game guy. If you want him to be, you just have yeah. to design the offense that way. And, um, he probably be, would be wise to bet on himself, uh, especially if he gets traded and things don't work out with his next team. You hope it would, um, but it, it probably would be a wise move for him to bet on himself, play out the year, and then see what he has uh, as options in free agency. Agreed. I absolutely agree with that. And I, I think where 
how teams are viewing him right now, they think it was the Eagles offense more than they think it was him, just yeah. from overgathering. And uh, I wouldn't count on Buffalo either. Not Has not been mentioned on on the Hurts' side at all, or nobody said, says anything about Buffalo, but I know that they're tight end shopping. Yeah. I know if Harry Roseman at this point wants the best offer for Zach Ertz, Buffalo might be one of the teams that jumps in on that too. So we'll see. Uh, but I do think at the, if I had to pick right now where Zach Ertz is playing in 2021 in Seattle Seahawks. As part of a trade, you know, I don't think he gets cut. I mean, I don't know what you're feeling. As part of a trade. As part, yeah. yeah, as part of a trade because Seattle's going to do whatever they can. Look, look what they did for Jimmy Graham. Look what yeah. they've done for Greg Olson. Other tight ends in the past that they've failed on. They will be aggressive for the tight end position to give it to Russell Wilson. So I do believe it will be a trade. I think it's going to be like a fifth-round pick and then maybe a, a mid-level death player that has some potential going back to the Eagles. Yeah, I think there's too many variables for the Seahawks if they were just to – you know, let Zach get the open market and become a free agent with a release. Um, there's just too many variables from Seattle's perspective that they could lose a guy that they, I believe they really do want. I just think the focus for the Eagles is how to retool and how to rebuild. I don't think they're worried about what Zach Ertz's next destination is right now or what happens with that situation. I mean, obviously the full focus right now, and we'll get into it just to discuss real quick because I don't want to make this podcast sound like it's a Carson Wentz brawl but with this Carson West domino it needs to fall and I think you said it last week on the episode and now I believe it way more even now they're not getting a first round pick they're not being offered a first round pick for Carson Wentz and if they were the deal would be done that's what the holdup is here that they're not getting a first round pick out of this deal whatsoever uh, I know you heard the same thing as what Jaws has heard I went on 94.1 and even reiterated it they're not the best offer is what is two seconds and a third from the Colts a third, yeah, two seconds and a third or a fourth somewhere down the line. Of course, this Bears stuff, like these Bears reports, never heard. I've had had anybody confirmed what are these reports about these Bears. And I, I've asked, you've asked, I've never heard any I, other than this this Bears beat writer that's been out there like, tweeting the trade scenarios. I have never heard anything about Chicago. Not nothing about Tariq Cohen for sure. Nothing about Foles and nothing about a first. And I've not heard a single thing about a first from the Bears. It's for I don't think a first is in play. I, I honestly don't. Had it been in play, the Eagles are going to trade him. Uh, but now you hear the Bears want an assurance from Carson that he wants to play in Chicago. And I don't believe that though because they didn't get any yeah. assurance from Jay Cutler that he wanted to play in Chicago when they traded for him. You you, you don't get insurances from players that you trade for. You try to win them into your culture. There's no guarantees when trading for players. I hated when I heard that report. Ed, I I, I it's just business. This isn't feeling oriented. I get it. I get it. Chicago should have some kind of insurance that Carson Wentz wants to play there if they're going to invest so much into him. So I'm not bashing that type of thinking. But when you're trading for a player, you risk that each time. That's what trades are about. You win them over. You bring them in and you win them over into your culture. And all it will take for Carson Wentz to string a a couple wins together for him to buy into Chicago because it's not Philadelphia. It's not the fans breathing down his neck wanting – the backup quarterback to come in after he fails after one play. It's not uh, the GM drafting a quarterback in the second round. It's not really a Super Bowl competitive team right now, if you ask me. Right. So, you, you can easily win over Carson Wentz in Chicago. I don't buy that report at all that they're holding off because they would know. And I know that everybody likes to say, hey, him and John D. Filippo didn't get along because John would push him and Carson's uncoachable. I don't believe that, though. I yeah. don't buy that at all. I, I do think that Carson does struggle with, with coaching to a T. But, I I mean, they made it work. And they still made it work. They might have butted heads, but guess what? That was the best Carson once you saw of his professional football career when Job D. Flippo was his quarterback coach. So, they might have butted heads, but, hey, it worked. So, yeah. if the only way that Chicago doesn't make this deal is because John D. Flippo tells them he's not worth it. That's the only way. Yeah. Well, the Bears seem intent on wanting to trade for him, no doubt. Yeah, and I and I that would make me believe that John DeFlo is saying, "Yeah, we can bring him in. We can make this work." Yeah. yeah. There's no. There's. I tell you right now, go back and look it up. Look it up. I promise you, there was there was concerns that Jay Cutler wanted to play in Chicago. There was concerns that he wanted to go from Denver to Chicago, and the Bears still did the deal. And guess what? Jay Cutler spent the rest of his career there, pretty much. So you think this might be a plant, another plant by the Eagles to make Carson yes. look bad in this whole situation? Yes. That's what you're saying here. Not only that, and I don't make him look bad. 
I'm Howie Roseman. I'm sitting in my office. I'm pissed that this quarterback I did so much for them wants out. And just because I drafted another quarterback that I like because I was worried about his injury history. Now I'm sitting there. I'm mad. I'm not getting the offers that I want. None of these trades look like I'm going to win them the way that I like them to look. I'm mad. I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to make this situation as difficult as I can. It's a petty business, Ed. And I think from former players and players I've talked to and what who you've talked to as well, because we keep going back and forth on this. When it comes to business, how he can get super petty with players. And I think from the situations that I've talked to, including a couple players who had contract disputes with the Eagles, had nothing good to say about Howie. Now, I'll talk to a couple players that didn't have contract disputes or were perfectly fine with the team. Like, I'm just going to give one example away, and I think everybody's going to roll their eyes after they hear it. Julian Waterbelty. Went on the show before. I had a long conversation with him, what he thought about Howie. And people are going to think, well, he was never a starter for this team. He was never a big player for this team. He was uh, getting minimal contracts from this team. Of course, he doesn't have a problem with Howie. He says, he told me, and this quote has stuck with me ever since he said this. He said, Connor, Howie is the type of person that he knows when the Eagles are winning, everyone is going to love him. And when the Eagles are losing, everyone is going to hate him. He is the best person in that building that can tune out that noise and ignore it for what it is and still continue to do his job. So I think how he doesn't care how the perception of this Carson Wentz situation is going right now. I don't think he cares that role online, obsessing over the situation, talking about the situation, all these rumors floating around. I don't think he cares. I think what he cares about is getting the most value back in this trade for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's not happening right now in his eyes. So he's going to be kicking and screaming the whole way out. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get that value. And, you know, what, what he cares about, what I'm sure he cares about, is what Jeffrey Lurie thinks, his, his boss and the owner. He's the one that's going to be taking the $34 million salary uh, hit. And, uh, you know, he should care about that more than what he cares about what the fans think. Um, but like you mentioned, Julian Vandervelde, I mean, he, each player is going to have their own experience with a general manager. And that goes within the Eagles organization and every other organization out there. You know, there's going to be players that feel they were wronged by the general manager in the front office. And there are players who are going to appreciate what they do. Uh, but if you talk to Jason Peters, he, he would have nothing but good things to say about Howie Roseman in the front office. Um, and Julian Vanderbilt, he's a guy that was cut like, you know, what, a half, you know, a dozen times or so with the Eagles. He was cut and brought back. Cut. I mean, it became a running joke. Um, so I'm sure he appreciates the Eagles' commitment to him in one hand, on one hand. But on the other hand, he was released a bunch of times, too. Um, so his take is an interesting one for sure about Howie. But I think you'd find that just about in any situation with a front office. And, you know, Howie's job now is to get the best offer he can. And you're right, he's probably upset that it's come down to this. But a lot of it is his own doing. Like like you said, with the drafting of Jalen Hurts, he thought it was an innocuous pick, concerned about uh, Carson's injury history. Um, somebody they wanted to bring in as a cheap form of insurance policy and see how things go with Carson over these next two years, develop Jalen Hurts along the way. Um, and then see where it takes you from there. Uh, they did it with Kevin Cobb and Donovan McNabb, um, and they did it again this time, and, and Carson took exception to it, uh, kind of like you pointed out on a recent pod that it's kind of similar to Sam Bradford. Once the Eagles vaulted up the draft board twice to uh, be in a position to take Wentz back in 2016, Bradford's like, I want out. You know, I don't see my long-term future uh, as an Eagle here. I want to go somewhere where I have some security, and I can't. I believe that's what Carson's feeling too. When that draft happened, uh, when that draft pick happened to Hertz, that he doesn't feel like the Eagles are fully committed to him. Now, all of a sudden, even though they gave him that big deal. Um, so yeah, he, how he wants to get the best return he can save a little face and more importantly, look good for the owner who is the one who's ultimately on the hook for eating $34 million in dead money. Apologize for the dogs in the beginning of it. Everybody's getting up right now at the, at the at the Connor Miles household, but I I mean I think it's the truth that I, I this situation is just ugly and it's gonna get even uglier because after this trade happens, I think Carson's camp starts to leak stuff. I think the Eagles camp starts to leak stuff. 
there's we're going to get more truth behind the scenes once this trade is finalized and this is going to get ugly and we're going to be discussing it on a couple pot episodes that's just how i see it going there's no there's no beauty of the situation whatsoever at all uh do you think though because this trade has to be done soon it has to get done soon before his bonus would do it i would believe um do you think they just who blinks first well, I mean, there's so much out there. Now you're hearing that there might be to trade Carson. They might have to pick up that option of, you know, $10 million in order to trade him to appease another team. Um, it would make I, sense. If I, I'm not going to lie. If I'm that other team, I would want them to. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, but then you're, you're you know, you're putting this quarterback decision off for another six weeks um, for both the Eagles and for whoever this new team might be. I mean, I would think going into free agency and to be able to set your salary cap, you're going to need to have these pieces in place. So, you know, we could see a trade that's agreed upon based on that um, that might leak out there that a deal is in place for, you know, no deal can become official anyway until the new league year starts on March 17th. So whatever trade happens, it's not going to be official, but, you know, it could be contingent on the Eagles picking that, that uh, option up that $10 million option up. So as far as who blinks first, I mean, I, I have to think it's probably going to have to be the Eagles here in this situation. Um, You know, just because I, I think that they need to, figure out what their cap situation is going to be. What, how are they going to prepare for a draft when they're not really certain what their quarterback situation is going to be like? Are they going to take a quarterback at six? Are they going to try to move up to get one, try to move back to get one? I mean, you know, there's so many balls in the air and the big one right now is Carson Wentz. So whatever deal they can get, I would think in the next two, two weeks, three weeks, we're going to blink first and they're going to have to do that deal because they're just going to have to put this aside take whatever hit the hit's going to be and, and be ready and move forward. You know, the new league year is about moving forward and you need to put this behind you so you can move forward. So I think it'll be the Eagles that ultimately end up blinking twice. It wouldn't surprise me if they take the Colts, uh, whatever the Colts are offering. It might not even be two twos anymore. It might be a second round pick and whatever uh, that comes back. Um you know, and then they're just going to have to move on from that. I mean, it's going to be a it's already been a colossal blunder, in my opinion, this whole situation. Um, so, listen, it's going to be a colossal blunder no matter what they decide to do. So why not do it and move forward? That's that's the best, cleanest way to do this thing. Already it's been a mess and it's dragged on way too long. Um, and now it's time to put it to bed as soon as you possibly can. I know this city, though, and as, much, as well as you know this city, if they get less for – Carson Watson, they got for Sam Bradford. You know how the this is going to burn to the ground. Yeah, you know, but nobody, you, know, you have to separate that. I mean, that I know I, you really do, Ed. You really do, but you know that there, nobody's going to do that. Uh, yeah, but you have to look at the extenuating circumstances that the Eagles lucked into to get that yeah. number one pick from the Vikings. They were in dire straits. You know, you can't wait for the shoe to drop during a season where you don't even know if you're going to see the field. You hope that there's going to be some live training camp. Uh, the way we used to see it, uh, you hope there's going to be a spring session on the field. But you can't wait for a quarterback to get hurt. Very, very few quarterbacks get hurt sitting in front of a computer and doing things virtually. Uh, so the whole situation is completely different than it was five years ago with Bradford. The Eagles got lucky that the Vikings had an injury situation that they had to go find a starting quarterback. Bradford was unhappy. It just made so much sense, and it was just so easy uh, to to make that deal. I don't think you can wait until June, July, or August to wait and hope and cross your fingers that something somebody gets hurt. You never wish for an injury, but you can't you can't wait that long. You just no. can't. You have to move forward. Like I said, you have to you have to make the clean break. You have to accept what you get. And you said yourself, Howie is pretty good at tuning out the noise of the fan base, and he's just going to have to put his you know his uh, his beats on and and move on. You know, he's just going to have to block it all out. Yeah, no, because you're not going to get that that no. deal back. And I, I, you're right; it's two different situations, and hopefully, the context prevails in the end of it. But I, I don't know. I know how the city works, so I, I kind of <laughs> have my doubts. But let's move on. It because now the recent reports are the Eagles are in on a quarterback at the pick at pick number six. Uh, Les Bone puts it out that he heard from a NFL source in a different management, different team uh, that he thinks the Eagles are on at least in the quarterback market at pick number six. Adam Schefter kind of reiterated the same kind of viewpoint on 97.5. 
bravo, Howie Roseman and the Eagles, bravo, because now you have convinced teams that you are in the quarterback market at number six. So what does that mean? You have just driven up the value of pick number six even more than it was before. Now it's even more enticing than it was before. And that's exactly what previous pod episode I did say, that they're going to be in on this quarterback market because you want to drive up the value of pick number six. That's exactly what they're doing now. And I'm glad that another team thinks that they're in at the quarterback market at number six because whoever likes Zach Wilson, if he's there, Justin Fields, if he's there, or Trey Lance, they're going to make that move. They're going to call it the Eagles, and I'm, I'm, I'm positive the, how he's listening. I'm positive. You're not going to get a colossal return for Carson Wentz. Well, guess what? You can get a colossal return for that pick number six, baby. And those picks that you get for Wentz and those picks you get from pick number six, that looks like – a pretty strong formula to building a team around Jalen Hurts or whoever ends up proving to be that quarterback. You still have a lot of pieces to put around them with different picks. I know everybody doesn't trust how he will draft picks, but um, past transgressions cannot be used as future antidotes. So I am I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped if if teams do think that the Eagles are in the quarterback market at pick number six because just from my gut feeling, just from what. And this goes back to when I reported that the Eagles were all in on Joe and Hurts for SI, um, talking to that person. If they looked at Doug Peterson and told him, hey, this is the direction we're going in, and it looks like Jalen Hurts, and they pivot away from that a couple months after fighting Doug Peterson, I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked. Because if that was the thought that they were going to go ahead and go quarterback number six, I would want to hear what Doug had. I, I would. I don't know, man. I know you probably want to have a new head coach paired with the new quarterback. I get that because that's what you did with Doug when he came in with Carson. But and, and it's what it, you did with Andy Reid with Donovan McNabb. Right. And it's actually it's a good. It, I still think you have that with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts though, because Jalen Hurts wasn't really ever Doug's quarterback. But my thing is, why wouldn't you want to hear Doug more out on what he can do with that new quarterback? Because then maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe it wasn't Doug. It was just. Joe not being that great or enough to prove that he's a starting quarterback and Carson just completely regressing. Why wouldn't you want to hear what Doug can do with this new quarterback and give him a chance then? Because he did it pretty well one time with Carson once. I know the regression fell off and it probably scares you, but I mean, he did it well one time. If you're, if you're drafting a quarterback number six, you're telling yourself and you're telling the Philadelphia Eagles football team that you don't think Joe and Hurts is good enough. And you don't think Carson, you think it was all Carson Wentz's fault last year. So I, I just don't – I would be surprised at I would be absolutely shocked if they go quarterback at number six. I, 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 I would put money that they don't, to be honest with you. I'm not confident that they don't. Yeah, and, you know, I don't see them moving up to three because that's going to cost you some of this draft capital that they desperately need because they have so many open spots. You know, they have to rebuild this roster at some positions, a lot of the positions. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. This could drive the value of number six up. There are teams right behind the Eagles that they could deal with. I mean, I, I I would hate to go out of the top 10 if I'm the Eagles, but the further down you drop, the better your return is going to be. You know, that NFL draft chart or trade chart evaluator that's out there that uh, slots point systems for what it costs to move up and down a draft mm-hmm. board. I mean, um, that's worth looking at at this point to see what it would cost maybe to move back to number nine. As long me. as they stay in the top 15, because my friend, look at how he's record in the top 15. Like if, as long as they stay in the top 15, you, you convince me I can do that trade down. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots are sitting at 15 exactly. and quarterback and it would cost to go from 15 to six. I mean, and the Patriots have a lot of draft picks. They do have a lot of picks in the draft. Um, they you get a future one back. Yeah, and trade back. 15, boy, that's a long drop, though, I'll tell you. Um, oh, it's a long – that's nine spots back. But you would get a first-round pick next year back in this trade. You, I would assume another second. And then potentially a fourth, maybe a fifth. But, I mean, that's – that's. hey, man, I'll play with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean uh, – but then what do you got? Then what are you looking at at 15 if you're the Eagles? I mean, you know, there's players out there. Maybe you go offensive line. Uh, I, I know I mean, a lot of people aren't really high on him yet, but I guarantee you once the draft rolls around, they'll be a little bit higher. I like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota a lot. I loved him last year. Yeah, at 15, you'd take – I don't know if at 15 is a good pick for him. He might be, a, he might be in the 20s type range. Um, 
Well, there's that safety from TCU, uh, Mooring, I think his name is. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, but I mean, listen, we're that's way. Yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Here. I was talking about trading down. We're not. There's two teams in the top ten, I think, that would need quarterbacks that the Eagles could look to trade down with the Panthers at eight, um, and then the uh, Broncos at nine. Now, I've heard the Broncos are going to be. Uh, in on the Deshaun Watson trade if the Texans decide to trade him, which to me looks like that could be a draft day deal. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff that's going to happen late here uh, for the Eagles if they're going to trade down. It's probably going to happen days before the draft or as the draft is underway. I think the draft is here. It has to be underway because, uh, like, if, if it was the first or second pick, it would go down before then. Right, it's the sixth, so it would be have to be on draft night. Right, which I think is April twenty seventh. I think this year is the first round. So, you know, you could go down to the Panthers at eight, the Broncos at nine. After that, I think you have the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I would be surprised if the Eagles traded within the division because you have the Cowboys at ten. You don't know what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. That one year, though, I don't know if you remember this, but way back when, I never thought the Eagles would do this, and they did it. Um, I think it was the the draft that they took Kevin Cobb in. They were they traded out of the first with the Cowboys. So the mm-hmm. Cowboys were picking Anthony Spencer, and I was like, "What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? I mean, it didn't really work out that well for because Anthony Spencer was an average player. But I mean, that that was that was interesting. That was the I think it was the Kevin Cobb where they traded out of the first round. And who they traded out of the first round with was the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that that well, you'd be trading out of your pick probably to a team that would take a quarterback at six. Yeah, I know. So you don't want to help. So you Dallas don't want to give. Right. And it, even the Giants at 11, I know they have Daniel Jones. You said off air that, you know, you don't know how married Joe Judge is to Daniel Jones. You know, it's not really his quarterback. So, but again, I, I wouldn't, if I'm the Eagles, I'm not trading within the division to potentially give them the quarterback of the future that's going to, you know, beat you, you know, once or twice every year going forward. So I'd be real hesitant to do it. Um, and then after that, uh, I guess the 49ers. I'm not, I'm not sure who's between the Giants at 11 and the Broncos at 15, but um, maybe some teams in that range, 12, 13, 14, are quarterback needy as well. So um, you're right. The Eagles are going to have some options at six, uh, you know, whether they stay there or whether they trade down because they've given off the impression now that, yeah, we're going to be in the quarterback market. It's the dog barking palooza day. For our neighborhoods, well, I mean, my household is especially. So I apologize to everybody listening, but uh, let's let's quickly pivot to this Jason Kelsey thing because you and I talked yeah. about it, and I thought it was pretty interesting that he. Uh, that's the first word he brings up on the Chris Chris uh, Chris Long's Green Light Pod. I mean, should we really start bracing ourselves for this? Because I think we should. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a very real possibility, and he said he would. Back when we talked to him in May, and, and I wrote about this, he did say that he would make the statement loud and clear and bold when that moment comes, and he would probably do it before free agency starts or before the draft to give the Eagles some time to pivot to whoever that next center do it, I think he would do it before free agency because he's that I, much of a team guy. I, I would I would think so, um, which, again, is a month away now, really. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think it's something to consider. I think he's still working his way through, you know, whatever hoops he's going through to figure this thing out. Um, Multiple injuries he's recovering from right now, too. Yeah, but if you're him, you're like, you know, he is really on the top of his game at the age of 33. Um, I believe it's it's 33. He'll, he he'll, is 33, yes. Yeah, he, during the season, he'll turn 34, excuse me, 34. So, uh yeah, it's a lot of wear and tear, but he is, you know, he's got that 104-game straight start streak that he's on, you know, 104 straight starts, um, playing well, another Pro Bowl this year. I mean, he, he's still playing at a very high level, um, but he's got to think about what's it going to take for my body to stay at that high level. It's a lot of work, a lot of maintenance in the off season to go through to have the kind of, you know, year that Jason Kelsey wants to have and he has to decide if he's committed to that. He's got two children now, uh, very young. Um, I would think a coaching career is certainly in his future should he choose, choose to go that route. He almost was like a coach this year uh, with all the young offensive linemen around him after the injuries hit. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's very, very much a, a possibility that that Kelsey could decide to call it her career. Um, or, or maybe, you know, even the Eagles, maybe they try to trade him to a team that's a contender, you know, like go to the Chiefs and, and match up with your brother, you know, go play with your brother. The, the Chiefs could use a center. Um, you know, maybe they do him that favor, you know, try to give him a chance to earn another ring because it's not going to happen, you know, in 2021 for the Eagles, maybe not 2022. I mean, who knows when it's going to happen for the Eagles and who knows how much longer Jason Kelsey would be here to see that happen. So, you know, maybe the Eagles try to engender some goodwill. Jason's been great for this organization, uh, legend in this city. Uh, and he's still playing at a high level. So, you know, maybe there's some behind-the-scenes stuff, too, where Jason's talking to the front office about, hey, you know, I can see what the handwriting on the wall is here. We're rebuilding. We have a new coach. We're going to bring in a younger, you know, younger players. If you could deal me someplace where I have a chance to win one more ring, I'd be eternally grateful uh, to this organization. So, you know, that would be interesting to see if they were to try to trade him and you're not going to get much, it's the same as Zach Ertz. You're going to get, you know, maybe a sixth pick, a sixth round pick or a, a seventh round pick, something like that, or a conditional type of pick. Um, but you'd really be doing Jason a big favor if you were to do that, if he decides to return and play, why not ship him to a team that, uh, you know, could help him deliver uh, a second championship ring. I do think it's a possibility. I do think it's a possibility for sure. If he wants to play next year, that he doesn't want to do it in Philadelphia, he'd rather go repeat. And I think that's fair. I think yeah. it's absolutely fair and deserved. If you're gonna, if I feel that way about Zach Ertz, I definitely feel that way about Jason Kelsey. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you right now. I'll but, tell you, uh, go ahead. I, well, I was just gonna say, but here, here we are again, putting like you know Jason Kelsey. You know, he's not even on the near the front burner at this point. Again, it comes down to the Carson situation. You have to get that stowed away before you can start to look at other things. And, you know, to me, Kelsey would be on my list of things to do. Are you coming back? Would you, you know, even if I'm the Eagles, I would approach him about being traded to a chiefs or, you know, some other organization with a chance to win a ring, Um, you know, because it's not going to happen again here in Philly. I don't think while Jason's still a viable NFL player, to be honest. So, but again, you know, where is that in the, in the priority list with the Eagles? You know, right now, that's why you got to put put the Wentz thing to bed. You got to move on, and then you have to start dealing with other issues that this roster and this team uh, need to address. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I meant to tell you this off there, and I know we're recording now. I'm gonna say it now, anyways. But I'm getting annoyed with the Carson Wentz situation, personally. As starting to get back into writing again, I'm a little getting a little annoyed with it because that's the number one focus of everything. Yeah. I talked. I'm trying to do these features on. Jalen Rager, and now Kayvon Wallace. So I've been talking to Kayvon Wallace's agent. They're down to do a feature. We're going to f- figure out what where his head's at, how he's approaching 2021 as a potential starter because he's going to be battling for a starting job with this, this new defense. And the first thing that they say to me is, we're surprised that you, you're not focusing on the Carson Wentz situation. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and Jalen Rager said the same thing. He goes, well, I mean, you sure you want to do this now? There's a lot of stuff going on with Carson Wentz, and that's really what the focus is. And I was like, yes, I do. I want to put stuff, different stuff out there. I, nothing's happening in this Carson stance. It's all stuff, people throwing stuff against the wall. Because the situation is right now is the Eagles want more, and no team's willing to offer more. And nothing has changed. I mean, we recorded last week, and it's the same situation this week. It's just people adding more words and context into it is all it is. Yep. So – I was like, yes, I want to do these pieces. Yes, I want to cover you guys because you guys are going to be on the team next year, and he's not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as the Carson Wentz turns, you know. It's just what's happening today, and you're right. It's it's impacting players' views. Uh, you know, people want to read about the Carson Wentz stuff. Uh, I'm not sure they're interested in reading too much else at this point. Um so yeah, that Zach Ertz about man was like the most blown up story that's not really completely related to Carson Wentz mm-hmm. since the offseason started. Yeah, for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to read about Kayvon Wallace and this defense. I mean, it's time to move forward. If you're the organization, you know, you have a new staff. You know, it's time to put them front and center. What are they going to do to address the roster? How are they going to build this defense? How are they going to uh, help this offense? I, I mean, it's just time to look forward. And, I, and you even have players out here. Your own players think that, like, well, I mean, we should probably, like, sit back and be quiet until this move is made. Yeah. Like, 
they literally think that. That's that's a shame. That's a shame. It is. It really is. I mean, it's it's just kind of a poisonous environment right now. And, you know, the Eagles have to just move forward. I've said it and, you know, you're tired of it, you know, for sure. I'm I'm tired of it. Um, but the Eagles are trying to win this deal. Like you said with Howie, he tries to win every deal. He doesn't, you know, one deal that comes to mind, he traded Dennis Kelly. Uh, the yeah, like the, yeah, that's the one deal that always comes to mind for me is the deal he lost. But yeah. on the outside, hindsight's twenty twenty, buddy. When that day, trade went down, people were like, great. whoa, Eagles just robbed the Titans. Yeah, Doriel Green Beckham, you know, former number one pick, but just had no work ethic. Very lazy Adam. Oh, very lazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's been in, in jail. Great career, you know, not great, but a very, very good career with the Titans. Um, catches a pass, a touchdown pass in the uh, AFC Championship game a couple years ago. Um, you know, oh, and man, he was a monster at Mizzou. He was a monster at Mizzou. He was great. I think he was at Oklahoma for a little bit too. I mean, he was. We were hailing this guy as the next Calvin Johnson at one point at, when he was at Mizzou. Yeah, Dennis Kelly had back surgery. You know, he didn't even get invited to the combine. He's out of Purdue. I mean, you know, he's a, you know, he was a very under the radar type. Dennis player. Kelly was never what he was with the. And I love how revisionist history likes to revisit this stuff. But uh, Dennis Kelly was never what he was with the Eagles, as he has been with the Titans. Though I know he's never really been a legit starter for the Titans, but he's been a he's been a good role player for them. He's been the, he's been their big V. Yeah. So he just never was that with the Eagles, though. He never looked that part. Right, right. And Dorial Green bit Beckham did nothing. So oh, yeah, he did absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's a trade you lose. But you know, I'm trying to think of some other deals that you know. I mean, they won the Jay Ajayi trade, um, and you know that was great. Helped them win a Super Bowl. Um, some other deals. I'm I'm trying to think that he made through the years here. Uh, a lot of his stuff has been free agency. You know, as far as signing. The best trade in Eagles history, I would say, is Jason Peters' trade. Yeah. I don't know how he wasn't a part of that. How he wasn't that. That was because uh, that was in 2009. So I don't know how he wasn't a part of that. But I think that's, I know that's off topic, but I feel like that's the best trade in Eagles history that's so far. Yeah. And the Eagles aren't going to make, it's not going to be the best trade in Eagles history when they get rid of Wentz. Because to me, <laughs> listen, I think Carson still has plenty to play for. And you see these clips on social media, some of his great throws and, previous years and you know you think about that throw he made to you know Miles Sanders against I think it was Washington in the back corner of the end zone where he right looked like it was going to go right through his chest if he didn't catch it with his hands so I mean you know Wentz Wentz can still make some throws and um, I think he's going to wherever he goes I I think he's going to put it together and he's going to do well and he's going to I think I'll say it right now I think he's going to make the Eagles regret this this deal um, he needs to uh, – I agree with you. I do agree with you to an extent because I think, honestly, there's a way where both teams win this deal, whereas Carson goes and plays to the quarterback that you think he's going to be and the Eagles move on with either Jalen Hurts working out or they get another quarterback that works out. Uh, this just has to be divorce at this point, though. Yeah, so it it absolutely. absolutely. But I think it's harder – I think – I don't know. If you put him with Johnny Filippo or Frank Craig, then you're putting him in situations to succeed because those guys know him best. But I think it will be harder for him. <laughs> it's funny to say this. I think it will be harder for him to bounce back than it will be than, than, than what we're making it out to be. Because a lot of the stuff last year was mental. A lot of it was mental mistakes. He wasn't able to read through his progressions properly. He was making the incorrect reads. And he was making really bad third down calls. Mm-hmm. So I know that he's a little against coaching, not the best. I mean, he's labeled as that. I'm not going to feed into these reports. He's labeled as that. I'm not, I'm not agreeing with them. Not, not, not saying that. I think every quarterback has an ego to an extent. But, I mean, the clean pocket, Ed, in a clean pocket, he had 10 interceptions last year. Like, that's, that's yeah, I mean, bad. It was, a, it was a bad year. Um, but I, I think he's fixable. I think he will be. I think hopefully this has humbled him a little bit that he does need to be, you know, listen to coaching, absorb coaching, you know, whatever that looks like, whatever he refused to accept back when he was here. Um, it's just a shame that, you know, the Eagles can't be the team to fix him. You know, um, it's a shame you got to say, well, the bears can fix him because they have D Filippo or other Colts can fix him because they have Frank Reich and press Taylor's there now. I mean, why couldn't the Eagles find a way to fix him? 
you know, I mean, it's just, uh, to me, he'll get fixed. I think he, he probably will learn from this. I would hope we haven't heard from him since, you know, he got benched on December 6th. Um, I think the Eagles can bounce back from it, though. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because whenever I think that they can't or that this situation got – like, I remember when they fired Chip, I was like, they're idiots, and they actually proved that I was an idiot. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because when things look bleak, that's usually when the Eagles turn around the most. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I do believe that you are correct. I do believe that Carson will – at least top 15 level quarterback play. At least. I, I put that as a ceiling right now. Yeah, I think so. And if he and if he, you know, does take to the coaching and you know he allows himself to you know conform to whatever system he's in, maybe he can climb into the top ten. I, it's just really to me. I mean, is it a win-win for the Eagles? I I don't I don't think it will be a win for the Eagles. I you know they're going to have to accept what they accept in a return, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to really have to hope that Jalen Hurts is the answer. And if they were to draft a quarterback at six overall, you hope that he's the answer too. But um, you know, they Jalen Hurts becomes a franchise quarterback, and they win with him. This time we move on. This yeah, right. Yeah, we move on. We move right. on. Then, if he doesn't, and they go into twenty twenty two in quarterback purgatory, where they're not even picking in like the top fifteen because they were well enough. Jalen Hurts did enough, but didn't prove enough. Uh, then we'll talk. Then we'll have this conversation. Then we'll say, all right, you know what? Maybe the Eagles are wrong. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they look bad now. Right. But uh, right now, I this team's confident, Jalen Hurts. I honestly think it, and I know a lot of people are criticize this, and a lot of people are still not so sure on Jalen Hurts. I, I would, if I'm a team putting my betting hand on a quarterback, Jalen Hurts gives me enough confidence to do so. Because I mean, I know that the way he carries himself is different than how you can judge a football player on the field. But man, he's infectious. I think he can lead a team. I think he can. I think he has the it factor that a quarterback needs. Now, can you win with his arm strength? Yes. A lot of people are, don't believe you can, but yes, you can. You can definitely win with his arm. Can you win with him being as inaccurate as he is in the middle of the field? No, you can't. He needs to definitely work on that. He needs to be a lot better next year targeting in the middle of the field because it's the NFL boy. If you can't target the middle of the field in the NFL, you're not going to be a starting quarterback in this league. Not going to happen. Does he have mechanical flaws that need to be fixed? Yes, but so does Carson Wentz, and he reverted back to all his mechanical flaws that he had from coming out of North Dakota State this past year, where his his stance is way too wide. He's dropping the ball way too low to his hips when he's throwing it. He he had that at North Dakota State, and the Eagles corrected it really with John E. Filippino, but he reverted back to those mechanical flaws this year. So mechanical flaws are always there, but they can be adjusted. And Jalen Hurts has to have his adjusted a little bit. But I do believe, I firmly believe you can win with Jalen Hurts as your starting quarterback. I do believe that the Eagles are turning him into a franchise quarterback. I want to die on that hill. I do want to die on that hill. But I do think that you can get something out of Jalen Hurts. And I do think that at the end of the day, the way that I, when I said that it could be a win-win, I mean a win-win as Carson goes off and it's best for him and he becomes a quarterback that he thinks he can be. But the Eagles also have Jalen Hurts at the end of the day, who ends up being the franchise quarterback that Howie Roseman thought he could be. Yeah, and, and a lot of what you hope Jalen Hurts can become is going to be dependent on, you know, Nick Sirianni, um, the offense he runs and the schemes that he puts in place to make him successful, uh, his development from Kevin Petullo, the pass game coordinator, um, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, the QB coach. I mean, it, a, a lot of what – Hertz can become is going to be dependent on that group of four guys. Um, if not more guys, you know, even Jeff Stoutland is the line coach. I mean, it's, that's what the NFL is all about, man. It's all about, you know, getting these guys with the ability and then developing it and teaching it. And it's about collective efforts. It, yeah. yeah so, it's simple. It's simple as that. We, they want a Super Bowl for collective efforts. Yeah. So. That, that's exactly right. So yeah, I think they like, you know, what, the skill set that Jalen Hurts has, they love the mindset that he brings, his leadership ability, all the intangibles seem to be there. Now you have to kind of mold mold it all together, and that's where Sirianni, Johnson, Petullo, and Steichen all come in uh, to play here. Is you know, he'll Hurts will go as far as they take him. I believe that's a great point. I absolutely believe that too, as well. That Hurts will go as far as Nick Sirianni takes him. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It was been a great episode, great 48 minutes of great content. 
Uh, we'll try to be back sooner. The only reason why we took so long to record again is I was on vacation because we needed to get away. I mean, I needed it for sure. Uh, but we will, again, be back soon covering this Carson Wentz saga as always. And uh, I'll just leave it with this. Believe in Hurts, baby, because I'm all in on the Jalen Hurts mania. I'm all there. Like it's it, There's no other quarterback at six you can give it. I like the quarterback talents, though. I do. I do like Justin Fields. I like Trey Lance a lot, actually. But it's all Jalen Hurts mania for me here. Harry Rosen sold me. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I you know, you mentioned the quarterbacks. Fields, I'm not a really big believer in Big Ten quarterbacks being drafted in the first round. I know you had Tom Brady, a sixth-rounder, and Drew Brees was taken at the end if of Urban the- Meyer coached him at Ohio State, I'd feel a little bit differently, but Ryan Day did. And I think Ryan Day knows what it takes to be an NFL caliber quarterback in this league because he's been around the NFL. Uh, he's with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles even interviewed or had interest in him as a head coach. So, I mean, I, I, I think Fields is – I don't want to compare Fields to the rest of the Ohio State quarterbacks like some other people will do. But, I mean, yeah, there's concerns with him. There is concerns. There's concerns with all of them, Ed. Yeah, just Big Ten quarterbacks in general to me just don't really excite me for whatever reason. It's just not a quarterback-driven league. Um, but, you know, maybe Fields is different. We'll see. But that, I guess, you know, we'll have to do a show on quarterbacks. I was about to say, yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, we're going to get into the Jack coverage. All, uh, absolutely. And we'll talk way more into that then. But, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Again, find us all on si.com slash Eagle, excuse me, slash NFL slash Eagles for all your latest articles from Ed Cross, John McMullen, and myself. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award winning service has a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today. You work hard for your money. Are you sure it's working hard for you? You could be sure with Merowest Credit Union. As a credit union, Merowest is all about people, you and me. So they do the right thing by offering us better rates, greater choices, and better service. Merowest Smart Rewards Checking is a perfect example. It's a checking account that pays you with rates up to 18 times the national average. Really, check it out at merowest.com. And service? Merowest takes pride in what they do. Experience it. Your dreams and Merowest's values just go together. Consider Merowest today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.